You're listening to Two Poles in the Pod podcast. I'm Paul Merriman. And I'm Paul Reid. In this episode, we're going to be chatting about setting up your small business or starting a business. Let's start from the start. I want to start a business. Yeah. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Just give it to me. Let's get I have a sh- 10 ready. Let's get straight in. Straight okay, so, so few things. Yeah. Let's start with the obvious, which is a business plan. I think a lot of people skip the business plan point of view because when you're an entrepreneur, you get very, very, very excited about your business and you can see the end goal, mm-hmm. um, but it's important that you document what gets you from now to that end goal. Um, and I think, and I've done this as well in the past with business where you get so obsessed with the business idea that you start fantasizing the business name and the website yeah, yeah. design and all the of shit course, that yeah. doesn't really matter at this stage. <laughs> yeah. So what matters at this stage is what it's going to cost you um, and how you're going to fund it. And that's no matter what the business is. I don't care whether it's, you know, doing nails for people, whether it's eyebrows, whether yeah. it's, that's what you're thinking. <laughs> I'm doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or I don't care whether it's a hairdressing, barbers, whether it's a carpenter, whether yeah. it's a mechanic, whether it's a social media company, no matter what it is, it has to boil down to the business plan and does it financially make sense? So in a sense, it's similar to, uh, as we were talking about the mortgages, don't go on the websites looking at your house before you've yeah. got the... Uh, you no, know, that's, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Try and curb your excitement. And by the way, I've been this guy so many times in the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I did so many times you get on the train and you get so carried away yeah. Um, you just need to calm yourself down, document, get a pen and a piece of paper and draw out a business plan. You just go on to Google and put in business plan. You find loads of them. Now, honestly, if you're really interested in your business, if you're a really good place to go, for one of the businesses I started, uh, Clear Choice, um, a few years ago. Clear uh, Choice. (laughs) I was looking for you for the ad, I couldn't find you. Uh, (laughs) So, from the point of view of Clear Choice, you went to the local enterprise office, uh, Leo, uh, local enterprise office, um, and they're a government funded, and they'll help you with website, they'll help you with free business advice, they'll help you with mentors, so there's loads of really cool places you can go and get free advice. They'll help you with business plans, they'll structure everything with you, They'll give you funding. It's probably your first place you want to go. Wow. Yeah, it really is. Um, So I honestly recommend, they helped us a lot with Clear Choice in the beginning. um, And they gave us a grant. They actually, we repaid the grant and then they refunded the grant back to us in COVID-19 without us even asking, saying, look, you're probably struggling. Here's It's just ridiculous support from Leo. So local enterprise office, go there straight away if you're thinking about getting into business. Um, And I'm going to say this, if you're dreaming about getting into business, uh, because I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast are going to dream about getting into business and probably not get into business Mm -hmm. because they're never going to make the leap and that's okay Uh, but if you are serious go do all those things the thing I want to say here in getting into business is you need money yeah and I think so many people overlook how much it's going to cost but you also need to have your own personal shit together and I can't express this enough in terms of your life your lifestyle choices no I mean your finances you need to know what it costs you on a monthly basis to run your life I know I mentioned in loads of podcast episodes to date but it's really important you know, especially if you're married, if you have kids, if you're single, you still live in your mom and dad's box room or whatever, or you're young enough, you're going to probably afford not to, as in you probably can live on pittance. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really make a difference. But if you have any type of responsibilities like rent or a mortgage, you're going to say, right, I need two grand, I need three grand, I need two and a half grand. Now, what you should be doing is if you're working for somebody at the moment, is saving your arse off to cover three or four months. So you don't need to produce results in the business for you to take money out of company. Yeah. Because as soon as you start taking money out of the company, you're a liability to the company. You're a cost of the company. So 
I'd always encourage people to try and create the side hustle on the side, weekends, evenings, while they're working for somebody full-time, because you still have their income coming in, and they're still covering the basics, and there's not too much, and you've got a bit of savings behind you, and then go out on your own. So just to play devil's advocate of sorts, if, if someone has um, been fired or they've lost a job in some way and they are forced to kind of go into their, yeah. their setting up their own business, whatever that may be, um, you know, you, you mentioned side hustle there. Should should they should they focus all their attention on that, or how? Would I think they... so. I mean, it depends on what the career, it depends on what the, the business is and the career they're in. Mm. Uh, it depends on whether they're really good at what they were doing, and they're just going to be doing the same job. I mean, you're doing a complete change of career. Yeah. You know, like it, it's going to be a bit more risky. You know, if you're yeah. doing something every day for somebody and you're really good and you're highly talented, you've got maybe clients already, and you're going to look after some of those clients going forward. You've got a client base. You know, it's not going to be that much of a risk. Yeah. If you're looking to do a complete U-turn your career, you hate your job you hate your life and you're going to go and I'm going to go self-employed um, and I'm going to try and make this work it's a bigger risk yeah. you know because you're starting off from scratch it's, it's obvious you got nothing coming in yeah, yeah. Um, and businesses cost money it costs money you know you can have the registered business from a CRO point of view company registered office you probably want to get an accountant so many people don't get an accountant up front and you need to get an accountant ASAP and a really really good accountant if anybody wants a good accountant referral just send us a DM on your Instagram page yeah. ask Paul that a year and I'll talk to you about a couple of really good accounts really good accounts in this country are really hard to find mm-hmm. and I can't stress that enough if you want a business accountant so accountant that's going to look after you and your business give you a lot of support and a lot of guidance tell you what grants to go for what yeah. you can apply for not someone that's going to look at your books at the end of the year look back and just give you a tax bill yeah, yeah you know you want yeah. someone going to be proactive and they're actually very hard to find yeah. um i mean all that good ones so give us a shout if you need us there but having a good accountant sitting down and going through it and helping getting somebody and you pay them and they say look i'm going to pay you what's the cost i want a business plan i want you to have my forecast i want you to have my finances and um, my cost of units if you're selling something and what's the that implications can i trade it outside of Ireland am I going to go export and am I going to set up Shopify am I, depends on what your, what your what your business is yeah. but fundamentally no matter what your business is you need cash flow and you need not to be relying on taking an income from day one yeah because it's going to be hell of a lot Prepare harder. to lose something on yeah. if yeah yeah <clears throat> and then the other thing I'm going to say about this uh, I can probably get a bit ahead of myself but I'm going to say for if I get a lot of businesses I find fail um, after in October after the first year. So what happens if you're self-employed? And we go into whether you should be self-employed or a limited company in a second. Yeah. But if you're self-employed, um, and let's say you start in January 2023, uh, and you work for the full year, you're not going to get a tax bill until October 2024. Now what's going to happen October 24? I'm telling you this now. You're going to get a tax bill, and you're going to shit yourself. And you're going to have any money for it. Because you haven't put money aside for it. Yeah. You're going to go to the bank, you're going to borrow, and then you're paying tax and a loan. And your company's going to be gone by year three. And I've seen that happen so many times. So try and set up a separate account. If you're going to be self-employed, never run your self-employed business through your personal bank account. If you bank with Bank of Ireland, set up an AIB. Well, actually, don't set up an AIB bank. I'm not bad about AIB. But let's go <laughs> stick with Bank of Ireland. Set up a separate bank account, a separate business bank account with Bank of Ireland, okay? Okay. Set up a Bank of Ireland, and all your business expenses go through there. Never put them in with your personal account where your money is, your mortgage, your rent and your bills and all that because it's too hard to decide for what's business and what's personal expenses. So set up a separate business account. When you have your separate business account set up, you're going to set up another account, believe it or not, within the business called your second account, your second business account and that's your taxes. And every time you sell something, you're going to put a third into that account. And that means you're going to have your taxes sorted by the following October. And if you have that to pay, you're going to put a little bit more than the third aside. You might put 40% aside. Hmm. And that's what you need to do. Where most people forget this, they set up businesses, 
They've never run payroll. They've never run tax. And the revenue leave you so long before they give you the tax bill that yeah. you're running the difficulty. And you're going nowhere then. Because yeah. you're the triumph. And then for revenue, do you believe it or not, in October, they say, right, last year you made 20 grand profit. You always, for example, say, just say 10 grand. And we want pre-limit 10 grand for next year because we know what we're going to make probably. So you pay 20 grand. Yeah. And they say, okay, well, now I've got a 20 grand bill. I've got a 20 grand loan. I have to pay that down over the next couple of years. But I've also tried to fund for my revenue going forward as well. So you still need a 40% and you're paying your bank loan. Yeah. So now you're probably 60% of your sales are gone on a monthly basis. So what's left? It's hard. You just go back working for somebody. Yeah. 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 You're going to get too stressed out too, too quickly. Distressed. And that's honestly what I find where people made the major mistake is not being structured correctly and not having the right advisors around them and thinking they could do it all themselves when you can't. You need cash flow, save your arse off preferably speaking if you don't need to touch your business account for six months mm. and you can sort yourself out for six months yourself you're laughing right you're yeah. going to be in a much better situation because your business can just grow you can get cash flow in and you might be able to pay an employee rather than you and get support in quicker mm-hmm. and have a much better chance of growing and it is it does come from that excitement and particularly if your product or whatever you're doing yeah. uh, is is doing well and people want it yeah. and you get involved in that and you get too caught up in that side of things where you actually haven't sat back and went actually I know we're selling really well but what does that mean at the end of the year yeah. you know for tax purposes um, and so uh, we, we could start on loads of different things here but just to tie it in with with the the journey of it starting up what are the, what are the benefits if you already have a job a full time job or if you've been let go what are the benefits you find as a, from personal experience obviously what are the main benefits personally and financially right, right. so personally I'm an entrepreneur I yeah. think I'm an entrepreneur um, and I love business yeah I really love business I want to be in business since the time I can remember yeah want to be in business my dad was a businessman in fairness said as before and a lot of people my family started their own businesses uh, I'm the youngest of four um, my brother's now involved in my dad's business was my sister is my brother-in-law has his own business um, and I'm just being brought around businesses uh, and I love business and I love people um, uh, so I just love it. And there's a lot of things to be said about it, but it requires, like, you can't, this thing of I'm leaving to be my own boss is absolute bullshit. Right. If you're leaving to be your own boss, just get another job at a better boss. <laughs> because that's not a reason to set up a business to be your own boss because okay. you're going to have no time, no energy, and you're going to dedicate everything in your life to this business and it has to work. Do you and hear that a lot of people on Oh I yeah, I heard that. It's it's complete bullshit yeah. because to be, like I can't express like I've we've only got 68, 70 staff and we've grown from having we've started one staff yeah, member, yeah. okay? And we've grown over 11 years. And it's a small business, okay? I can't explain the time and energy and the holidays that have worked the weekends, the nights I've laid awake, the ducking and diving, the paying people, waiting for bills to come yeah. in, waiting for invoices to be paid. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't describe the fucking stress of it. Mm. It's the worst thing and the best thing in the world. But if you're doing it to get away from a boss, your business becomes your boss. Yeah. Wow. You become the business bitch, basically. That's what you do because you're running the business. Mm. And the I mean, business that's a t-shirt is t-shirt right there if, if we're ever doing merch. Your business, <laughs> your business, your, your business is a separate legal entity. So the business, although you own the shares in the business of your limited company, even if you're self-employed, you own the business and you are the business, but the business is a separate legal entity. And to keep that illegal entity alive, it fucking sucks everything out of you. Yeah. It absolutely sucks everything out of you. Ten times more than a boss is ever gonna do. Yeah. 
But people don't look at a business like that. They look at the niceties of the business. They look at it, I can go on holidays when I want. They don't have to ask somebody. No, you can't go on holidays when you like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when you go on holidays, you're going to have your laptop, you're going to have your phone. And when you go to bed at night time, you're going to lay awake worrying about shit. Yeah. And when it comes to Saturdays and Sundays, and when it comes to kids' concerts and kids being dropped to school and all the shit you're going to miss, you're going to sacrifice so much more than being an employee. Okay. And I can guarantee you that no matter what business you're going into, and I don't know whether it's harsh or somebody needs to hear it, but this whole thing if I'm going to do it to be my own boss is absolute bullshit. I'm sorry, I'm calling it, it's bullshit. And you can't obviously rely just on passion alone to get you through these things. No. And obviously you're very passionate, as you said, about business and other people are passionate about the different aspects of whatever they're doing. But there's also that financial side and the kind of reality of the amount of hours that you put in uh, that might be uh, more consuming than they first thought. I'm just, this is all penny dropping for me right now, by the way. <laughs> Paul's like, can I have yeah. a job? Yeah, hold on a sec. Can someone just give me a wage every week? This will be handy out. But there's, look, in fairness. What's the benefits is what I was trying to. So there's loads of benefits. To. Look, obviously you're going to look at, you know, <laughs> There's the benefit in that if you're ever not ever you've an entrepreneur, you have that itch to scratch and you want to create something. I am so proud of what I've created business wise and going from one and going to 70 staff and going from turning over you know, that first thousand euro to turning over 10 million a year. It's a ridiculous feeling. You can't describe it. It's the best it feeling. It came from you as well, regardless of what it is. Yeah, yeah, it came yeah, from me, yeah. but it also came from a hell of a lot of other people as a relation to the team. I know it sounds coined, everyone has to say, oh, the team, thanks, but fuck a team I've created, not me. Mm. I'm one person. My biggest single attribute of an entrepreneur, and people say to me, I said this on someone else's podcast before, they're kind of throwing bouquets at me, saying you're so well, and you're such a business, and blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, but... No, I, I was lucky enough. My biggest attribute, I think, from me personally is that I realized what I was shit at and I heard people to do it instead and I hadn't yeah. got an ego. I didn't try to do everything. Yes, yeah, huge so, stuff. Yeah, yeah, so when a company came to buy us, I had a senior management team, I had a CFO, I had a head of operations, I had a head of marketing. Like, we were the only broker in Ireland that had, at our side, that had their own marketing department. Our marketing department is bigger than some of the life companies that are in Ireland. Mm. Because yeah. I mean? we invested heavily in it from a business point of view. So, but that management team got the business to where it went today. And I always say about Ask Paul, Ask Paul was cool from the point of view we created a name because I thought the, our, our, our business and life insurance and pensions and investments and financial planning is not a tangible product. Um, so people can't relate to it. Where if you put my name on or somebody's name on it, we might we thought it might work. And we yeah, were right and it worked. It, yeah. But Ask Paul is the same as other shareholders in the car that were in the business at the time. It's theirs as much as it is mine. And, you know, the same for all the, the, the guys, the marketing team and the operations course, yeah, and the yeah. financial. So everyone worked together to get the business to where it was. Yeah. Not just me. Okay, we're CEO, um, majority shareholder, and it's been great and it's been obviously passionate. But the biggest benefit, I think, is when it works out. Mm. Only if it works out is a benefit. Before yeah. that, it's an absolute pain in the but arse. As you, as you said, you've been through a few times and most people do who have their own businesses have taken the failures as well and 100%. taken a lot on the chin and just gone, okay, get up off your feet and do yeah. it again. And yeah. So where's the... I just, I, I don't think they do. I know, oh, sorry, yeah. you know what you're saying? Yeah, I don't know. So, so that's looking back in hindsight. But when you fail in a business, you don't do that. When it's not going well, you just try to do it better or go at it a different way. And you look back in hindsight going, oh, I brushed myself off and I got up and I yeah, went yeah. again. It's kind of poetic. 
it's not that way. When you're an entrepreneur, you're just keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you're trying to find but the next thing. You learn from your mistakes in a sense. You do. Like, no, you 100% learn yeah. from mistakes. I think it's more poetic when you're kind of saying to, to get up and you you, you yeah, don't yeah. think about that in the moment when you're doing it. You yeah, don't yeah. think about that romantically. We well, don't have time. You, you're kind of no, you don't have time. Yeah, yeah. You're just you're just striving for the next yeah, thing yeah. or the next dream or the next. You know, I think this will work. I think that will mm. work. Um, and it's it's consuming. It's like, it's like ask ask me actually do podcast with Sarah my wife and ask her how consuming it is it literally yeah. consumes every single part of your being yeah. um, and you know you sacrifice a lot for it um, and I think anybody that's going to business that wants to be really successful or actually anybody successful or just survive a year you're going to have to realise how much you have to give up for it mm. and that's why sorry I'm not going to keep coming back to this but this whole thing of getting away from the boss or being my own boss you're not your own well, boss you become a slave to an actual legal entity which is your limited company yeah. or your sole trader name that's yeah. what you become a slave to and it's ten times worse than having a boss and so yeah I mean look it's as you said it's coming from you so therefore it's more satisfying than rather all the work and, and sometimes in some jobs given all those errors to mm. uh, to a different person a boss or a corporation it you can know, it, you're right it can it, it can it can lead to more I mean, the success is going to be, have to be, let's talk about profit. It's not talking about profit and yeah. people want to make money. Uh, and that's the reason why most entrepreneurs go into businesses that they're hungry. Um, and success, unfortunately, when you're young and you're looking at business is probably measured in cash and it's measured in profitability and what you sell your business for and all these matri- all these metrics matter. Um, I think the older you get when you have kids and you have family and you realize, yeah, they don't really matter that much. You mm. know, it's just you're an entrepreneur because it's a, it's, a, it's a drug. It's, yeah, a, it's, yeah. it's an adrenaline thing and you, like I, I would probably say nothing we've done for his money despite selling the business and doing yeah, really yeah, well yeah, out of yeah. that was nothing to do with the money we're still working I'll yeah. be here for a very long term uh, we love what we do uh, okay we have more money in the bank but it's only money it's, yeah, 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 it's yeah. only money um, I was listening to Gary Vee a podcast with him on and he was talking about how he started his business and stuff like that you know selling lemonade and baseball cards and, yeah. and then he got into the wine and stuff and he was a son of immigrants and all this kind of stuff he had a good work ethic but he also had a natural kind of ability to sell something as yeah. well and as you said to to re- recognise what he's not good at which is obviously a huge uh, component to getting the right people in Um just in terms of, uh, was it always financial for you? I don't want to be just interviewing you. I want to keep this open for the whole uh, yeah. spectrum of kind of businesses people want to set up and stuff like that. But was it always an interest for you? Because some people go into business late on in life and go, Jesus, this could be something here. Good do you think, question. Do you think it's important? Yeah, that it's- I think I, w- I was lucky in a way in that when I get into Irish life, I started in Irish life at 22, 20, early 20s, um, and I literally fell in love. I fell in love with the fact that I I would have been told as a kid I have a gift at a gap, mm. okay? You can sell sand to the Arabs, that yeah, kind of thing, yeah. that kind of kid. Uh, and then when I came across financial advice, I went into Irish life and realised that you could get this qualification and realising back then 20 odd years ago that people already hadn't got a clue about anything that I was being taught. So I thought it was weird. I remember getting a DVD out in the post by Irish Life um, and you put it on and talk about the job and what it was, the qualification you're going to get and you're going to sit down you're going to improve people's life. And from there I just fell in love. I was like, this is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. This is, if somebody can train me to that level and I can go out and sit down with people and sit down with friends and family and improve their life. I didn't look at it as a sales job. I looked at it, Jesus, this is brilliant. Someone, yeah. And I went in and I just fell in love with the job from day one. Um, literally, I'm talking about day one. I've seen that DVD and I watched that DVD. I remember sitting down in the house we living at the time. I remember vividly, remember the people that were in the DVD um, and it, it just changed my life and I had that gift of the gap. Yeah. And then I had a qualification of QFA, a qualified financial advisor. And I knew all the stuff about investing and I knew all the stuff about pensions and tax. 
and all the stuff that I'd never known. Um, and did all my exams at night time and then I was finding more people and I was able to just break things down a little bit better than other people in my industry because I think other people in my industry tried to fucking overcomplicate things to make themselves sound more important. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Where I was like, well, I was going to break it down a little bit easier. This is what it, I used to just draw, draw pads. You'd be giving presentations from Irish life and they were brutal to give the clients. So I'd just draw a cross on the page and explain what tax relief was, explain how your pension worked and how your tax relief came back and how you could grow and what the investments and explain investments the first time to people and just did really well and people liked what I did and yeah. it just grew from there and then after a few years in Irish life and um, actually decent career in Irish life uh, I started to live uh, and go on my own and you know So what was that thing because a lot of people listen they're going I have the feeling in me to leave and as you say it's very important to have your uh, your investment or your money behind you yeah. to, kind of, to kind of get into that and Which I that. didn't have Chris, you know. yeah, well, <laughs> I'm talking about lots of hindsight here <laughs> Yeah but that's the thing it, Yeah it's experience that's what we're asking you Yeah um, But like Don't <laughs> but what do you do to so, sorry um, where do you start in terms of that where well, you're in the business and you're going I know we're going back to the start now but where where do you you find that interest that you want to pursue it's a passion of yours yeah. whatever that may be and you just where and when do you take the plunge do you think I think when you get fed up I think my biggest problem in Irish life was that I was listening to managers that hadn't got a clue about the client hmm and didn't know what the client wanted because they'd never been advisors. They'd been managing because they'd done X degrees or they're in the company for yeah, 20 yeah. years and they end up in position of power and, you know, it was kind of half civil service thing. The longer you were there, the better you did. And to be honest with you, there was no respect in them because I just don't think they knew what the clients wanted and I was in client facing all day. Um, and I knew better and I wasn't being arrogant in that and I turned out I was right. I fucking mm. did know better. Yeah. Um, and I got just pissed off with the you job and where I was. Job. Yeah, it's just kind of getting to a point where I couldn't get any further. Um, so for people, if it's feeling the same way, I mean... Yeah, I think then you need to go out. You know, I think... I think the good thing for me was that I knew in Irish life I was meeting X amount of clients a week I knew I'd make X amount of money for Irish life so I would say well I'll go out on my own get regulated with the Central Bank of Ireland as an author, as an advisor as a, as, a, as an intermediary rather. Um, and if I meet the same level of people a week hmm. that I was making all my contacts myself I'd be fine. So I kind of didn't really do anything different. Does that make sense? So it wasn't a big yeah, leap for me. the market for your Exactly, because I was doing it on a daily basis yeah. and the next day I was doing it for Paul Merriman rather than Irish Life. No, it didn't happen. I went for work for somebody else first. I'm going to do that for a second. But mm. ultimately speaking, I ended up uh, in, in packs. So, but I ended up meeting, say, 12 or 15 people every week when I was working Irish Life and I went out my own the next day and started making 12, meeting 10, 12 different people every mm. week. And I brought on the same level of business, but I was bringing it into my business rather than Irish Life's business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wasn't, I didn't, like, I know I started my own business, but I wasn't really starting your own business the way I was in Irish Life. I was a financial advisor and I didn't like it and I decided to become a mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, that's starting a new business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want people to realize that if you're... If you're leaving working, say you're a carpenter and you're working for a builder and you're going to set up on your own or you're a mechanic and you're going to set up on your own, that's not really... Sorry, it is starting your own business, but there's less risk involved than yeah. that because you're doing the same job as and you were doing yesterday. In, the, in what your business yeah, is and anyway. you probably have customers and you probably have a client bank yeah. and you probably have people to speak to. Um, but people leaving, you know, um, I don't know, an accountancy practice or being a solicitor and saying, you know what, I'm going to set up making candles. You know, I've made a couple of cans at home. I love yeah. it. And I'm going to go really into this and I'm going to make a brand for myself. That's a really big risk. Yeah. You're a fucking solicitor, dude. <laughs> You're making yeah. cans. But, but loads of people have done that and been extremely successful. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. But it's mad risk. It's yeah. really big risk. But 
cool with That's great risk could come great reward comes great yeah, rewards yeah, yeah. I'm not knocking those people yeah, by the way I'm just yeah. saying it is different so I'm, not, I'm trying to maybe say mine was less risky yeah um, and it was easier to make money and it was easier to continue on the same career mm. and turn off the top one day with our life and continue with somebody else. So it just is different. And the likes of Gary Vee and stuff like that, just using that as an yeah. example as well, he had he worked in a, a wine shop with his uh, dad. So he ran his years. dad's uh, wine library yeah. he set up and, and he, he was took the a chance first on, on, the... yeah, on social media. Yeah. But then what he developed was he did all the social media for himself and realised that he was so ahead of the curve that he could turn that into an agency and show other people how to do it. Exactly. So again, risk... He did the whole work his arse off yeah. in his dad's business. Um, thank him to come in. And then being able to be able to look at the YouTube videos. You go back and look at his first videos. Are, they're yeah, hilarious. Yeah. And fair play to him. Um, and then he took that and he created VaynerMedia. It's just fucking success. Success on a different level. Yeah. But again, he put the hard graft in and was able to identify what he was really good at. Double down it and able to turn that into a business. Hmm. So, I'm not saying it wasn't a risk. It was, but he was doing what he was doing. Oh, does right. that make sense? Yeah, I'm not trying and then to, he veered off into something else. And then he went into something yeah. that took loads of risk and loads of venture, entrepreneurial when stuff he could, and he's phenomenal. Yeah. But it was still a kind of rinse and repeat. And he talks about this all the time. It's about turning your hobby or your passion or whatever you're good at into a business. I think it's very American. It's very easy to do it in course, America yeah, compared yeah. to here with the scale of the market that's there as mm-hmm. well compared to Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we and always get that this. culture as we talked about. It's, it has, it's a different culture in the way it's they work and talk about Completely it different culture, yeah. And the amount of people you can sell to is yeah. off the charts yeah, yeah, yeah. compared to the Irish marketplace. Of course. And so say just as a, the candle maker, <laughs> um, uh, which actually some fella has done, actually done pretty well uh, recently, I heard. Um, but, so, or sorry, that was soap. He went into a completely different job as soap and now he sells soap. It's very successful. But do you think, just in advice-wise, um, it just seems that they, before they either leave their main job or they kind of venture into putting their own money into this thing, that they uh, research the hell out of the market. Research. That's what a business plan is, Paulie. You yeah. know, you have to do your research. Your yeah. business plan, it's about looking at the marketplace, identifying where you sit, where your price is going to be, who your competitors are, how you can beat them. Uh, yeah, that's all in the business plan. That's what really needs to be done first and foremost. And so massive media, research, yeah. As you guys have shown is, and you know, the likes of you obviously, and, and all these other people, like the market is in social media now, it seems more than ever. There is. I mean, you look at you look at the power of Instagram. Like, you know, I think we've, at the moment, maybe 103,000 followers on Instagram, you know, and we started with zero, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And we grew it slowly, slowly, slowly. And last year, we had a phenomenal year in the growth of Instagram and massively during COVID-19 as well. But if you think about it, I can get in to the phone of almost every 30 to 35-year-old for pittance tonight I can put a video on Instagram I can click two or three buttons without being a tech nerd and make sure that my ad shows up on everybody's phone Yeah, tonight in South County Dublin it's fucking amazing yeah. it's absolutely amazing go back 10 years ago and try and market a business in Ireland or 15 years ago radio TV yeah a newspaper yeah the Echo your local paper and you're hoping you're people lucky. see it and you're hoping people see it and hoping people read it yeah and they might be reading it Right now, you can literally speak directly to them. Yeah. And be able to be in their phone, like literally there, yeah. looking at you, talking about your product or your service or how amazing you are, and how amazing what you can do for them. Mm. Like it just amplified 
And, you know, we were probably the first to, to uh, grab that opportunity from a financial planning point of view in the Irish marketplace on the back of watching Gary Vee. Yeah. Um, and I took the passion for financial shares, just dumped it into Ask Paul. And fairness that Gary Vee had asked Gary, asked Gary Vee, whatever it was, time, and just, well, Ask Paul is where we go with this. Mm. Uh, and he encourages people to copy. And he encourages people to say, this is the way to do it. Yeah. But the problem is so many people look at that guy and don't like him, say he's full of shit. Oh, he's not. I can tell you now he's not because I've just copied him. Yeah. And look what we've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I was open to it. Exactly. It's I, how you I wasn't how you arrogant to it. I wasn't sitting at home going, oh, easy for him to say he's in America. Easy for him to say he has this. I'm like, fuck, that might work. Let's try it. Look, we, we, we both have Instagram. We both know how to use it and stuff like that. For someone that's coming in uh, that has, isn't man into social media, uh, uh, particularly if they're not um, pushing themselves on social media, do you do you suggest because my friend had to go on a social media course f- to push his no, business? No. He he did. He had to go on it, and he's he's still doing it. No, I don't think people need to do it. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you hire somebody in to do it. Well, I guess that's what he's done now. At this point, he's hired someone else to do it for him. Um, but it's a matter of how did you go about that? Did you just go? Did you just get pick up the camera and so go for my, it? My, no, my biggest problem was I went around Dublin to loads of different. This is actually really interesting. I went around Dublin to loads of different uh, PR people, uh, mm. which I must say was a bit of a nightmare. Um, and it was very, very, very difficult to find somebody and find an agency that wasn't absolutely full of shit and just looking for money for nothing. Mm. Yeah. Because I think it's so easy to set up a social media. Like I don't know where many people know this. We set up a, a we bought a business actually. Uh, called Leading Social uh, and the majority investors yeah so uh, and we did that after the sale of the business um, we set up a Leighton Penrose Leighton did a lot of our ad spend for us and asked Paul over the years uh, and now he runs he's the managing director of Leighton, uh, of, uh, of Leading Social uh, and it's to try and help businesses that are looking to set up in a business and needing somebody to run their social media so we do that I'm proud of the business, I'm a veteran in the business, and the lawyer of late, and he's really good, he's top of his game in that kind of social media ad space. I found it really difficult to find anybody in that space, and I tried my damn hardest, I tried PR, and the amount of money we spent, and the amount mm-hmm. of money we kind of got ripped on, truth be told, was a bit embarrassing. So we eventually hired our own in-house marketing. I went to meet a client one day, Claire, um, she referred in for my nephew, uh, Daniel, sat down in her kitchen to do a financial plan, hired her uh, part-time as marketing director. Mm. And she's now full-time marketing director in the business. Mm. Um, and that's how we hired her. And she now has five, I think, in her team. So we do it all in-house now. Um, and we hired Leighton into the business then. We found Leighton and we brought it all in-house because I was sick of paying agencies money um, for shit that they weren't delivering if truth be told yeah but I do think if you're starting off you do need to take that leave of faith and try and find the good agency sorry this isn't an ad for leading social by the way it's no, not yeah, what this yeah. is planted for but I'm just saying you need to find somebody that's good at what they do and trust them and build a relationship and trial and error and you're going to come across that in business all the time whether it's staff employees management team you're never going to get it all right mm. you're going to get it wrong you know, so you might pick up the phone for and say to Leighton or Leighton, you might find actually don't work with, it doesn't get my business right, and that's okay. And you go on to the next person, the next person. Um, and that happens all the time in business. Yeah. And it's just part of business life. You're never going to get it all right. Um, but I do think social media is quite easy and Instagram is quite easy. I think people, the biggest thing people make a mistake with when it comes to social media, in my opinion, is that they don't stick to it. Yeah, they do one ad they do game. one bit of content and they don't understand why they haven't got 10,000 followers the next day and they've got two As you and say, it's their look, man or dad 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. As <laughs> you say, look at all the like the Gary V's, Mr. Beast, all these kind of people. Their first videos are hilariously bad. And so you see my first one now. No, I almost send you my first. I'll one. put it on the link. So actually, my first, info for actually the do podcast. do for the crack. So yeah. my first video is still on YouTube. Uh, right. It's the very first video on our YouTube channel, and my nephew Daniel was cool, quite handy with cameras. He came to the office. And in the video, I could just see this, the corner of the the, 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 the glass, I think. Mm. It's dark outside. And it was fucking morning time when we started recording. And I had a 30-second video saying, no, Hi, my man. name is Paul Merriman. I'm a financial planner. And I'm creating a video blog to whatever. I can't remember yeah, the rest yeah. of it. And it is horrendous. Wow. But I kept it up there to try and encourage anybody else. Because yeah, yeah, the first yeah. of Gary V said you should do it. So we did it. Yeah. Um, and I kept it there trying to encourage anybody else to want to start and look back at that video and look at the video content now six years later. Yeah. It's, it's like shit hot compared to where it was. Brilliant. Now it's still not where it needs to be or it's not as good as it possibly could be. Um, and the other thing that people kind of get caught up on is, you know, that they're kind of own ego and not looking for the perfect content yeah. rather than just putting content putting, out putting and content spending out, time yeah. and time and time again trying to make it perfect because maybe their own insecurity is their own ego yeah. instead of just getting it out there and letting the people see what you have to say about whatever that topic is yeah. um, I think the important thing is sometimes you get like whatever 15 likes and then the next time you get 150 for a video that you didn't think was as good or whatever yeah you've probably and experienced that as I well a bit with your I stuff I get 15 you? likes all the time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> George you're right but though, I am we, surprised sometimes of videos that I might put up on yeah. like just, uh, just for the crack for my friends and stuff and then I go, Jesus, that kind of blew up. Paul, not blew up, but you'd be off. amazed at the amount of time and energy you put into some content, yeah. and it does absolutely yeah. nothing. And I'll do a quick video on the car mm. before I head that off on a journey somewhere, yeah. and it will blow up, but mate. And the comments, same on our TikTok page. You got TikTok about seventy odd thousand followers, and it kind of grew fairly quickly on TikTok. Um, and now TikTok's a bit of a vicious place. It's a fucking hard audience sometimes, yeah. which I love because yeah. I avoid Instagram same kind of content all the time. Where I love when somebody gives a bit of grief on Instagram. On, TikTok, uh, on TikTok. Yeah. I've actually been barred twice from TikTok. No way. I gave some guy the middle finger. No uh, way. Called him a muppet. Live. Uh, yeah, yeah, live. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Could you want to go on to it? He was more. a complete melt. But <laughs> I love when people come at me on TikTok because yeah. it gives me something different to go back to because everything yeah. else is the same. Stuff for me about the yeah, same. Yeah, invest yeah. and do this. So if someone gives you a bit of jeep, we go, yeah, it's deadly. Go back to this yeah. guy. Uh, so I got to go on looking for the negativity and I can respond to the negativity Doom's quicker than the positivity. Yeah. But <laughs> so it's a different place. But uh, sorry, same thing. You put one video up. Can't remember what it was. One time about interest rates or something. I think it was like two hundred thousand views or likes within yeah, yeah. a matter of hours. And then other content, we bring the guys in, the videos are in, and we're prim mm. and proper in the boardroom, the lighting's perfect, and we've scripted the content. It doesn't nowhere Nothing, near as yeah. good. It's you can't predict it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't yeah. predict it. But stick to it. I think the whole idea is that once the audience sees you showing up every week or every yeah. month, sorry, preferably every week or a few times a week, you're creating the authority of the person that yeah. they want to be. Yeah. They don't want you coming on once every six months or when you need a sale or, you know, you hey, guess what, 30% off. Yeah, if yeah. I haven't seen this guy in a year, it's 30% off. Yeah. He's desperate. So you need to be able to be there all the time and that authority is so important that, like, like people recognize me now on the street from yeah. Ask Paul. They say, Ask Paul, and yeah, people yeah. ask for photographs on weirdness. I never thought it was going to happen. Yeah. But, it's because we've kind of created that authority in that financial planning space. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it's weird. But, but it's, it's also, great. as you say, it personalizes uh, your own business. And I think it no does. matter what business you kind of do, there's a guy I follow for no reason 
other than he just seems sound. He's an Australian uh, gardener and he does these free Fridays. Isn't you know? it brilliant? I love Isn't it. Isn't it brilliant? We I don't know what his bloody name is though. I can't remember it. Because uh, it only comes up. It's like a, it's like when you're a kid, you know. Um, if you Google the free gardener in Australia, you'll yeah, find you'll the find page. Go, it's it's a really good. So he just goes into really bad gardens and he just does them for free. He just calls in and goes, "Hello, I'm not going to do the accent." <laughs> uh, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Your garden looks no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I get paid for that that's a separate thing now I get paid for that kind of um, you be getting paid for Aussie yeah, actions yeah, yeah, time. <laughs> Jesus but he goes in he just cuts people's grass and there's like all these old people who can't cut their grass and stuff like that whatever you know and he, like proper overgrown stuff and it's so lovely followers. yeah he's, and he's doing so well and he does a lot of charity stuff but for me I would employ that dude in a heartbeat yeah. if I had uh, something to do in my garden or whatever or if I was a hotel looking for a landscaper I'd be 100% get him, getting him, him for the brand him, so there's yeah. different ways to make money out of it yeah, yeah. but it, it comes to any kind of brand I find particularly on, on it, the likes of Instagram and, and TikTok I haven't even TikTok's a minefield yeah, for me yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. algorithm TikTok is loads of people from Northern England shouting at each other like <laughs> what's that about that's because you're from London you live in London now you may me, but it's just like oh, what you say to me and like <laughs> Honestly, it's weird. You know, some people go, oh, my TikTok's just people dancing. None of that. <laughs> I saw people like having infights and they live up the road. I'll be up to your house in a minute. I swear. Bye, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why the algorithm's yeah, picking it up. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> but where did it start? I just was like, oh, you yeah, obviously watch. So uh, the, the, the TikTok, uh, so for others, I'm not talking about anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about. From Instagram to TikTok, they have what's called an algorithm. So whatever you watch, they will push more of that content to yeah. you because you're more inclined to watch it again and again and yeah, again. Yeah. So in that instance, you probably watched one of those videos as you were scrolling. You stopped on it and watched it for more than 30 seconds or six yeah, seconds. Remember the wow. algorithm and has you locked into that content. Yeah. But it goes, that guy spent 30 seconds or six seconds watching this video. That's what he wants to watch. Yeah. And the algorithm will keep giving you that level. And I think that's... I think that's cool in a way. Frightening because you're being tracked and everything you do, obviously. Yeah, of course, yeah. But I think it's also cool in a way because why would you be looking at ads for stuff you're not interested yeah, in? Yeah, or why yeah. are you looking at content that you're not interested in? So the algorithm is trying to pick out all the time what you're interested in. Um, well, and what I was going to say about that is that sometimes you do get ads that are obviously personalized to you and all that kind of crack. And it is a bit scary, AI, blah, blah. But um, it, when I see someone like the gardener or something like that, regardless what they do, having a, and same with your one, it's just very simple. This is the person giving you the product rather than this is a corporation, this is this out of a nice fancy shiny things that they're giving out it's it's much more um, applicable to the individual right? yeah. you can trust them there's a trust aspect there as well we get to know the person but I just think that's really important in a new business to it kind is. of get it out there and tell people who you are and what you're at 100% and give them a little bit behind the scenes as well yeah. so yeah. if you are making the candles going back to the candle how I came up with the candle maker yeah. if you are the candle that's maker business, show them how you actually do make the candles because yeah. I'm going to fucking clear with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'd find that interesting well, but look, and what, what, what goes into it I, th I think a lot of people also buy off people where they see how much hard work has exactly. gone into something that they never really appreciate when Jesus cracks but this is a I lot do, of energy this, this is no advertisement for me but it is I was kind of fascinated in this where I was doing I, I do a lot of illustration and drawings put some on Instagram what is the Instagram page again now this isn't a ploy by the way no it's not, it's not no, what it's is it again pa Paolo Rito I can't get back to everyone's DMs it's going to be flooded <laughs> now uh, I'm not I'm busy uh, looking for acting work um, but no it, it's Paolo so, Rito Paul right. Reed so, so just so everybody knows well in this so Paul, in fairness, you have got a kind of mini biz already gone. Yeah. I know you are interested in more things. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. the illustrations and, and the Christmas cards in particular went really yeah. well if you know that. Yeah. But if you do check out his videos, I mesmerized by them. And he has but one this video. Is the funny thing. Thing. It's, it's, 
people have really got into kind of how it, they are done. Yeah. Which I was going, I just don't, don't I've just done this all the time. Yes. This is natural to me. I draw every single day yeah. or whatever. But, and then um, I sent one uh, to a friend over lockdown to show their kids how to do a cartoon. And they were like, oh, you should do more of these. And that's where it kind of came from, whatever. Yeah. And so when I put it online, I got this really nice, uh, a lot of genuine DMs from friends and people I didn't know, other illustrators and all this kind of crack. And everyone's like, it's lovely to see how much work you put in. Da, da, da. And I was really surprised by that. But yeah. it also, gave me the insight of going wow people do want to see how you do how the sausage is made yeah. um, and all that kind of stuff because it personalises it it personalises you know. <laughs> it is as fair as I've seen those cards especially the postcard with the post box and the postman yeah and all yeah guys. how did that one that was yeah. deadly and just it was very good fair as I was, it was thought it was excellent but do check it out yeah. um, that's yeah. not an advertisement it's just, it's just I think it was a really insight to how things work and how you personalise stuff yeah no it does and I think that's the main thing once you have a, once you have a brand today's marketplace you are set up a business I do think it really is important regardless what it is whether it's in a voice business like I love seeing people like solicitors on, on Instagram I love seeing uh, you know accountants going out yeah. on Instagram and stuff that just was so far right. and non-tangible the and they're educating people and you're, that's what the Ask Paul says oh, we're educate people for, for, for free it's a free financial academy we do DMs for free we do questions that Ask Paul we respond for free um, the and lawyer, what's the lawyer one as well the, he oh Richard away yeah recently. Richard Coogan isn't he? I yeah, only found out of him Grogan, recently Grogan Grogan Grogan, Grogan, Grogan oh Coogan, my god Rod, uh, that's a law. That's a fact. What a nice guy. What All right, a lovely Pete. dude. Uh, yeah, what Didn't a lovely dude. Didn't know anything about dude. him until he actually passed away. Oh, did you not? No, yeah, and no, I've been no. following him for years. Uh, oh, really? really? Yeah, I do the TV, the V, sorry, TV3, Virgin Media, um, slot every now and again. And uh, he's, been on, uh, he's been on, he's been on, before at me once or twice but he's yeah, uh, yeah he yeah, spirit, what, yeah what a loss uh, he was so and Joe the amount of people he helped because and fair yeah. I love that about him because he was going after stuff like unfair dismissals and yes. if you're pregnant and you're told you can't do this and work you can't do work yes you can this is the law that's a fact and just so brilliant. so so simple ah, that's brilliant but, uh, but that's yeah. the thing I personalise him when I watch his videos I was like wow I go to him for you advice. go for him to leak the voice 100% that's yeah. what it is so it does make a difference what it is now Instagram and social media gives businesses that chance to to express themselves and express the personalities behind these businesses mm. that you never would have seen before. Yeah. Before we created Ask Paul, we were PAX. We don't engage a PAX, so you see. Packs, we're not yeah. on TV saying, yeah, PAX, yeah. wealth management. We just go pensions, the best. We're going to have a sleep like, same yourself. Yeah. You know, and then we just generate a little bit of a different brand and context around that and it works so well. When we're talking about social media, Paul, I think it's really important that when you're setting up a small business it's important to have support from your friends and family and sometimes people might think that support comes from yeah. uh, buying a product buying a candle and it doesn't have to be buying the candle it can be sharing the content or liking the contact or saying it's well huge. done but I do think as well we're fucking aging begrudgers and I've spoken about this before but who does she think she is setting up her own candle there? Yeah, she's yeah. got a fed or it's not going to work or yeah, she hasn't yeah, thought yeah. about this and there is a lot of that in Ireland. I do see that when it comes to business so I suppose this is a shout out to all the people that have set up business uh, I hope it's going well and if you have a close friend or family member that has set up a business and they are on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok a simple like or a, a little well done I'm proud of you or a share uh, or a recommendation or review on Such Google AdWords or Google Google reviews um, or going on the website there's just so many ways you can help a small business without actually having to buy off them obviously yeah. you can buy a candle deal for the candle guy uh, but you know typically speaking it's so easy to help somebody in a yeah. small business and the algorithms you're talking about earlier on as well makes a big difference because the algorithms pick up on all that content and yeah. all those likes and all those shares and we'll push your friends account I will put, yeah we'll push your, your that small business account so uh 
be a good mate go be a sibling be a good sibling share the content hit the like button you know I think share you with the before, a lot of people are liking and hitting like on Ronaldo or the Kardashians oh, you're, and Joe, you're dead stuff. right stuff that doesn't matter which I've said to so many people since you said it to me I was going like who gives a shit Ronaldo's 8 million likes whatever like your pal down the road making candles in the shed yeah. like it and yeah. it, it will give them encouragement I have had loads of encouragement yeah. personally with my drawing and stuff like that I'm going Jesus I didn't know didn't he know they looked at my account yeah and that's nice isn't it it's lovely it is nice. it really yeah. is it's nice. just it's an acknowledgement of what somebody's doing because you mentioned so far how hard it is to go out on your own how hard it is to succeed on your own yeah. and the challenges that you do face uh, they're, they're, they're more than anybody can ever articulate or probably not articulate great today and more you'd ever probably appreciate yeah. so uh, the like the share the comment or even comment on you know tag another mate to say oh look at this you might be yeah. interested in this and anything you do to support basically I think it's so easy to support people in business support your community around you yeah especially mates yeah or siblings or friends or family yeah I'm um, just into that. I, I know we're uh, heading towards the end now, but I'm just wondering, um, and it might be a question for another time as well, of setting up a company um, again. Um, as red, a limited company yes, versus sole trader. And, and what does that do? And why is that a benefit for your for tax purposes? Yeah. And why should mm-hmm. someone do that? Okay, so this is really important. Uh, there's a lot of accountants out there giving misinformation. By the way, the accountants practices, a lot of them are really good as well. But an old school accountant will typically say you'd have to be turning over. So your company has to be turning, not making profits, but turning over. X amount of money or have X amount of profits before you go with a limited company. So a sole trader is basically where you register your name, um, your trading name with the CRO. So we could have had asked Paul as a, just a trading name and that was it. We didn't have to be at the limited company. Mm. Um, and it's you then go to revenue and say you're basically a sole trader. That's in layman terms what you do. Uh, and then you pay your tax like a sole trader would be at the end of October. So the revenue will take you go to give your uh, your accounts of revenue in October saying, well, last year we brought in X amount of business and we sold X. And you're usually just taxed mm. on whatever the profit is. So we sold, let's say for the crackless stick with the candle maker. Uh, so the candle maker sold 500 grand worth of candles um, okay, and it no. cost them 300 grand uh, to run the business. And he's yeah. got 200 grand. Okay, yeah. uh, of profits in his books and then revenue just taxed that at the higher rate of income tax basically um, so we'll have a tax and let's say it's 100 grand mm-hmm. just, just say it was 50% but obviously we depend on what his tax credits are where he's married and all this usual stuff that we spoke about before uh, but let's say it's 100 grand he has to write the revenue check of 100 grand that's it it's gone if he was limited company okay yeah. the limited company is being taxed not him personally so on a sole trader you're the person and you're being taxed like an individual would be so you're being taxed the same way as a PAYE would be yeah, yeah? you're just being taxed and the limited company the limited company is the, is the legal entity so what happened at the end of the year and typically speaking it depends on your setup but most people go January to December or if you set up your business in April you might go April to April the following year most accounts will try and harmonize it with the tax year so or the normal calendar year January to December so same candle maker goes January, December, made 500 grand uh, turnover, 200 grand in profit, 300 grand in cost, yeah? And he's only got 12.5%, okay? So it's corporation yeah. taxes. The business is corporation tax, 12.5%. So now he goes 12.5% of his 200 grand, <laughs> okay? Which is only 25 grand versus 100 grand tax. And now his business has 75 grand extra. Now, if, if he wants to take out that 75 grand, he now has to pay tax as a PAYE, so he has to pay 51% on that whatever taken out of the limited company, but he has a better chance. He can just keep the money in the limited company, invest in more product, invest in staff, invest in marketing, whatever he wants to do to make the business bigger. 
Now, really important, there's loads of ways to take money out of a limited company. You're very restricted with the sole trader. You just get your tax bill at the end of the year, you pay your tax, that's it. You can grow well. So say every year you had the same 200 grand and you didn't take the extra money out and he was left with 70 odd grand and profit at the end, sorry, 200 grand profit, 12.5% corporation tax uh, and he left his now 170 odd grand in his business mm. and in 10 years time he had 1.7 million sitting there. Well, you can take out a million under what's called entrepreneur relief, which is if you're in business for more than three years and you own most of the shares, more than X percent of the shares. So in this case, let's say he owns 100% of the shares he's covered. He can take out up to a million at 10% tax. Jesus. Okay. So that means he gets 900 grand to his back pocket. Wow. So there's loads of tax advantages, uh, tax advantages uh, to being a limited company point of view. He can also massively fund a company pension plan. He can also set up an investment account within his limited company. He can do so many cool things in the limited company structure. If he gets over 55 years of age in certain rules, you can take out retirement relief. So you can sell the business, sell the shares in the business, and you can take up to 750 grand out tax-free. If he was married and the spouse was in the business, they both might qualify both for that million, which means you can take out two million at ten percent, depending on the role in the business. There's loads of rules and regulations around these things, but it just makes so much easier to build wealth in a limited company than there is in a sole trader. Okay. But I think even if you're only making, so I mentioned about counting earlier on, some people say you have to be making a hundred grand profit, two hundred grand profit. I heard these stupid rules before. I think if you're making twenty grand profit, you should be a limited company. Because you don't want to be leaking money to revenue. Yeah, how worked. low? How, uh, what, what kind of profit should I you be making? I fucking say 10 grand. I don't really care. You know, yeah. so some people, the only thing, there's a bit, bit more cost to a limited company that you have to be, you want to be on yourself every couple of years. Your account will have a little bit more work yeah. to do from a limited company. And there's, you know, your, your, your managing director, you're signing up to, you know, the rules of the CRO and certain obligations and shareholders yeah, yeah. and that. But once you have a good accountant that explains all that, you should be fine. But the main thing here is that the candle maker has gone out and brought in 500 grand of business. And so, like, sold five hundred grand worth of candles. A lot of candles. Scented candles, probably. Scented candles. Yeah, scented like candles. Yeah. But the, the point is that he's he or she has turned over, say, five hundred grand. Mm. He wants to keep as much of that in the business as possible. He doesn't want to be leaking it to the revenue commissioners for no reason. Now, if he needs to take out that hundred and seventy grand in profit and leak some to the revenue, well, he has to do that. Yeah. But at least he'd be able to give him the choice, where he's no choice as a sole trader. He just gets the bill at the end of that October and has to pay the tax. Um, so it's a great way to build wealth in the limited company. Mm. So that 500 grand isn't leaked to revenue too quickly, and you can build on, build on, build on that profit. You can put it into your personal, you can put it into pension plans, company pension plans, whatever for yourself, uh, to build your own kind of financial wealth. Um, and then you can invest and do loads of cool things. You can put property, you can do a whole new episode about the doing a limited company with your profits. Yeah, which I would um, love to get into actually. But I, I just think it's really, really important that people understand that if you're going out, uh, you need to protect your business from the revenue commissioners. This is not about paying tax or avoiding tax, by the way. Yeah. This is about being structured correctly to give your business the best chance to keep the money in it. I would much rather see a client rather than paying a check to the revenue commissioners of a hundred grand, making a check to the revenue for twenty-five grand. Yeah. You know, having you know a hundred seventy-five grand left in business. Imagine the amount of candle wax he could buy. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but imagine the amount of people he could hire. Yeah. Imagine the amount of marketing he could put in. Imagine next year he might grow to six or seven hundred grand. And then his profit margin is still the same. He make more money. Mm. And he put more money back into society as well because you probably have more tax to pay because you have more employees oh, and you spend them more. Yeah. Look, it's a, it's a kind of a, a ripple effect. But um, I would always, always, always try and strive to making sure that you're profit. Now look, if the candle maker is turning over 70 grand, Mm. okay and he's working at the back garden 
and he's turned over 70 grand and he's spending 69 grand yeah. and he's a grand profit there's no point to be in a limited company in that yeah. case because he's spending everything that he's earning mm. or everything that he's making. Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, yeah. So you need to have some element of profitability. Yeah. Maybe 10 grand is too light. Maybe it should be 40 or 50. I don't know. But I just dislike paying tax for no reason when you yeah, can keep yeah. it in a limited company structure. Yeah. And in your own business. Okay. And in your own business, which is really, really, really important. That's brilliant. Loads done there, Pete. There's loads on us, right? Yeah. So the moral of the story is make some candles, I guess. With fucking hell. <laughs> um, but no, that's great. That is brilliant. And it's good to know that. And again, it kind of demystifies all the kind of uh, the scary stuff that you think might go into setting up your own business as usual, which is what we're trying to do. That's here. what we're trying to do yeah. here. We hope we've added value with that episode, especially if you are thinking of going to business. Um, and look, let us know how you think the podcasts are going. Uh, yeah. Send us a DM to ask Paul. Do you want to give your Instagram page? No, there? don't send me one, but just send a... Uh, <laughs> About that, anyway, but uh, no, yeah, go to yeah, yeah ask Paul that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't fucking contact me. No, I just don't, don't bother. Not, I won't come back to you. Yeah, okay, so okay, send me a message to uh, our Instagram page. Obviously, is askpaul.ie. If you want to send us a DM, you want to see more or something on the page on the podcast, uh, let us know. Uh, we'll try and walk it into the next few episodes. Yeah, brilliant. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for listening to the Two Pauls on a Pod podcast. If you've liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe to more episodes. We'd love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any financial questions or if you have feedback from the show, just go to askpaul.ie or check out Paul's Instagram account on Ask Paul.